podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Boom. The boys are back for another week of Blitz Month. And this is the last full week of Blitz Month. Because guess what? Next week, we are going to have our first game preview. We're going to have our first Wildcat Roundup. We are going to have our first live show that is going to be talking about a live, actual K-State football game. We are through the offseason. The offseason is over. K-State soccer was in action. K-State volleyball is going to be in action this week. It's over, folks. We made it. The offseason is done. It is I, Scott Wildcat, coming to you from the basement studios here in Shawnee, Kansas. Co-host... Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup. It is great to be back. And you know what? Last week we had it. It, it was all uh, interviews. There was no solo show. It was uh, a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun last week chatting with everyone. I had a lot of fun with the live show. This has been just a blast this Blitz month, and it's our most downloaded month of all time. So we hit that mark. On Sunday with 10 days to go. Again, we have a show coming to you every single weekday from now until the end of football season. So I'm guessing, fingers crossed, we will we'll beat that record at least one or two more times this season. But it's been a blast. And I just want to thank all the boneheads. I also want to thank Charlie Hustle, who is back this week, sponsoring this week of Blitz Month. Folks, last week was their campus capsule. And I tell you what. It was awesome. The Deuce Vaughn shirt was amazing. They have all sorts of great K-State gear officially licensed, including something that I think low-key is pretty damn hot, the lightweight script K-State hoodie. I ordered one of those. I'm wearing my Faithful to These Colors shirt right now. It is the most comfortable shirt I have. I'm not kidding. They sent me three shirts. I ordered two more myself because they're so comfortable. I, I mean, I, I really don't know if there's another t-shirt in my closet. I'm going to be rocking rest of this season. So if you haven't already, go check out Charlie Hustle. Check out their K-State collection. And we're going to be giving away another shirt this Friday. We're going to be doing giveaways on the Bosco's Boys Twitter account from now until the first game of the season. So be checking over there daily. We have... All sorts of fun stuff. We have a Hearn Fund Appreciation Tailgate Passes. We're going to have football tickets. We're going to have Charlie Hustle shirts. Um, It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a blast. So check out the Twitter page so you can get your hands on some free giveaways. All right, let's get into it. Uh, You know, I'm pumped for this. I have the 2012 K-State football game versus Texas on in the background. Just saw the pick six to uh, get that first score of the game. 
Um, it's the 10-year anniversary. Honestly, shame on me for not doing a little bit more this offseason to kind of do a 10-year anniversary look back on that special football season. That was my junior year in college. It was literally the most fun year of my life, thinking back to it. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, so I have that on the background. But believe it or not, before we get to football, before we get to my predictions, I'm going to go on the record with all the Blitz Month preview stuff, and I'm going to give my prediction for every single game K-State plays this year. Before we do, Jerome effing Tang coming through and getting us two new commits. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the second one. I'm going to start with the 13th scholarship um, because, again, this one, the, the, the first one I'm going to touch on is not the headliner. The headliner is one I wrote off. And then, luckily for you guys, tomorrow you guys should hear me and Grant Flanders. We're going to talk a lot of basketball. We are going to get Grant Flanders to go on the record with his Blitz Month predictions. But K-State picked up their 13th commitment, the 13th Tang Cat, which will put us at our uh, you know scholarship limit. And it's Anthony Thomas. It's a 6'7 wing. This guy is coming to us from Tallahassee Community College down in Florida. He spent his first year at UT Martin. Uh, this past year, he w- averaged 11-4. and four. That's 11 points, 4 rebounds. His freshman year, it's a Division I school, UT Martin, 9-4. and four. 9 points, 4 rebounds. Again, this is a super long guy. He's a 6'7 wing. My guess is he is going to be a depth piece. I think he's going to be the 11th guy off the bench, because I or 12th guy off the bench, 11th or 12th guy off the bench. I'm one of the last guys off the bench. I think they're going to try to redshirt Taj Manning, and I think they're going to attempt to redshirt Finister. And bringing this guy in allows them, hopefully, to have that flexibility to redshirt those true freshmen, which is something that Jerome Tang said that he wanted to do. Also, thinking back to it, sorry for doing this. Just in the background, Nigel Malone, it wasn't a pick six. He dropped the ball, but because no one uh, recovered it in the end zone, it still stayed K-State ball. Man, what a wild thing that I totally forgot about that from the 2012 K-State Texas game. Sorry about that. But yeah, so Anthony Thomas, and he's a dude who uh, Bruce Weber actually briefly recruited out of high school. This is a long, athletic guy. If you look at his stats, you know, he doesn't shoot the ball bad. If you look at his tape, he likes to get to the rim. He can play defense. He can't shoot free throws. He's like a 55% free throw shooter. But the elevation of talent to make this your last guy off the bench versus some of the stuff we've seen in the Bruce Weber era and just having 13 players having your scholarships full is not something we saw a lot in the Bruce Weber era so that is something that is truly you know I I know everyone uses the phrase elevate kind of like as almost as a joke uh, because that's what Tang said we're going to do but this truly is elevating the talent but let's get to the biggest piece of the news let's get to the thing that just set twitter and k-state you know a lexicon on fire and that is on saturday Keontae johnson did decide to become a k-state wildcat now people who have been listening to the show have heard me kind of write this off i thought it was done i thought it was over i'm not the only one by the way 
Um, this is not a just a Scott Wildcat thing. But hey, I said it. I'll own up to it. I was straight up wrong. I thought that ship had sailed. I thought it was Western Kentucky. And then I thought it was Nebraska. Then I thought it was Memphis. But it is K-State. Keontae Johnson is coming to K-State. And boys and girls, this is a massive game changer. This is going to be, if healthy, which all indications are, I mean, you have to assume we cleared him. He's been working out. He will be the best player on this team. This is a guy who is first-team All-Big 12 potential. He could be in the running for Big 12 Newcomer of the Year in the preseason polls and definitely when it is all said and done. This is a guy who is a level of talent we have not seen in a very long time at K-State. This is a guy who before his uh, you know, heart condition, before he collapsed during the 2020 season, he was being projected as a lottery draft pick. This is a guy who has the potential, who has the pedigree to be a top 10 type NBA player. Now, is he going to be that? No. I think he can perform. I think he can be the Big 12 player of the year, and he's not going to be a lottery pick. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 NBA pick because, again, he now has that heart condition, kind of the medical issues hanging over his head. But here's the thing. He is giving up a $5 million insurance policy to play basketball this year. That tells me that this kid not only is betting on himself, but he believes he can still make a fortune playing professional basketball. That tells me that our doctors have signed off on him saying, hey man, we know you can play a full season for us, showcase your talent, and get back to the point where you're getting buckets in the NBA. This is a season-changing, expectation-changing type pickup. Now, again, until we see it, until the season starts, you probably have to continue to use the caveat if healthy, if back to 100%, all that type of stuff. You know, you probably have to say that. But let's work under the assumption for the rest of this show that that is going to be the case. This is a guy who's going to slot in, whether it's at the three or the four, one of those spots, and he is going to be the type of guy that you expect to go out there and get you 15 points, eight rebounds every single night. This is a guy who you can lean on. This is a guy you can depend on. If things are going rough, if you're in a scoring drought, you get him the ball and let him go get you a bucket. He can do that from the outside in. He can even play, you know, that traditional little post thing. Drop it down to him on the elbow of the post and then let him go back to the basket and get a bucket. This guy was the preseason All-SEC first or uh, SEC player of the year before he had his condition and before he passed out during the game. He was first team All-SEC as a sophomore. This is the real deal folks this guy takes us from being we're all talking all right we're feeling bubbly we're feeling bubbly hey you know tang coaches them up this roster feels like yeah yeah why not let's be on the bubble let's be let's be in contention let's be playing meaningful games in march to try to go dancing again with this guy on your squad, some of those advanced analytic folks kind of had us going from the mid-60s to the low-40s. This guy was worth 25 spots. 
that puts us again kind of in that 40 range you know that would that would kind of kind of be like you know on the bubble but I'm, I'm telling you this right now I'm way higher on K-State than any of these projections where I was on I was way higher on K-State I was thinking we were probably in the 40s or 50s before this I'm thinking this puts us you know high 20s 30s I think that this team now can get to the point where we're not saying if the NCAA tournament, we start talking seeding. We can sit here and say, hey, maybe we're going to be a 6 7 seed. You know, try to get off, make sure, try to avoid that 8 9 line. That's the type of conversations we can be having before the season even starts now. The Cats are going to be dancing. There's going to be lavender this March at the NCAA tournament. From my point of view, it is only talking about, okay, what seed are we? It is exciting times for K-State basketball. I'm also going to say this if you're listening on Monday, hashtag no free ads, but K-State Sports is running a lot of ticket specials on their website. Get over there, you know, get you some tickets for some basketball games. Get you some tickets for some single game football tickets. These are going to be the cheapest football tickets you can get from K-State rest of the way. If we start hot, which... When we get to the prediction spot, I think you guys are going to hear me say, yes, we're going to be hot. You're, you're going to want to get some tickets. So grab some tickets. Let, let's make me eat a little bit more crow. I was running my mouth saying, I don't think we're going to get 48-5 at the home opener. Do your part. Buy some tickets. Make me look like an idiot on Twitter. Let's pack the house for that first one. Let's get into prediction time, though. Let's get into... Me going on the record. You guys have heard me talk for, what, better part of a month now? Better part of a month asking my friends to go on the record. So now it's only fair for me to do it. But I I wanted to do a little bit more. Typically for folks who remember how this show goes in the past, there's a little bit of extra predictions. So first, I'm going to do some overs and unders that friend of the show, Drew Galloway of Case Day Online sent me. He wanted to get my overs and unders on these. The first one is deuce total touchdowns. He set that at 21 and a half. And I like this number because he had 26 last year. He had 26 last year, and I actually agree. I I think that his touchdowns might go down a little bit. I I so I understand where he's coming from here. I think he's going to go over that number, but I think he's going to be under 26. I think he's going to be around that 24 number. I think he's going to have 24 touchdowns next season. Uh, so that's where I'm going. I'm going over. The 21 and a half, I'm going under the 22, or uh, under the 26. The next one he had was all Big 12 first teamers, four and a half. Now, the more I thought about this one, it makes it tougher. Because I, my first indications was under, and I, I didn't think too much about it. Now, this is where I'm starting to question myself. I think that we could almost guarantee at least three first team. I think we're going to have a returner, whether it's Phillip Brooks, Malik Knowles, or hell, we've seen some seasons where someone out of left field 
becomes our returner, gets a few touchdowns, and gets that award. But I think we're going to get one of the returners. I think we're going to get Deuce Vaughn. And I think we're going to get Cooper Beebe. So that gets us to three. Now, do I think anyone else on offense can be first team? I would like to see Adrian Martinez do it. I'm guessing it won't be Adrian Martinez. I don't think any of our wide receivers. Now, tight end fullback? Will Sammy Wheeler? Probably not. But will Jack Stanine get it? I mean, maybe. It won't be Ben Sennett because technically on our roster, he is labeled as a tight end. Um, if folks remember, we we labeled Nick Lenners as a fullback uh, the first year under Chris Kleiman. He got first team all-conference as a fullback, even though he hardly played a single snap at fullback, but he was registered as a fullback, uh, so we got that. Um, probably not. I'm going to guess no. They, they've liked to give those awards to the Oklahoma and to the Iowa State fullbacks, so probably not. So it really comes down to on offensive line, will there be another first-teamer uh, on the offensive line? I think the best bet there would be Taylor Poitier. I'm going to say no, though. So I'm saying three, and then we flip to the defense. You got to think you're going to get at least one. So many candidates, Felix, Nate, Daniel Green, the entire secondary. I think Daniel Green is going to get it for sure. So that gets you up to four. So then all of a sudden, it's okay. Do you grab a defensive lineman or a secondary player? And I, again, I you guys, I'm, I'm feeling bullish. I'm drinking the, the purple Powerade Zero because um, that's better than anything Gatorade. I'm really starting to feel this team, folks. So I'm now saying over. I think you're going to grab at least either a, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe you're going to grab a secondary player. Maybe Felix has another big year. So I'm going over. I'm saying over four and a half. I'm going to say I'm going to say we get five. I'm not going to say we get six. I'm going to say we get five. So we're going over that four and a half. The next one is true freshman who burned their red shirt. One. He was trying to set me up to try to do do a push here. Drew Galloway and anyone who listens to the live shows know how much I hate when people try to predict a push. I'm saying no push. I'm saying that we do not burn a single redshirt. Now, you got Toby O. You got Jake Clifton. So you got some linebackers who can be some dudes. You got Jacob Parrish. You got VJ Payne. Some secondary guys who are super fast, who I think are going to be future all-conference type players for us. But here's the thing. I don't think you are going to need any of these guys. And none of these guys... We're here in the spring either. So you are asking them to play in five games when they were not here in the spring. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say zero. But it wouldn't shock me if this did push, which I would never predict, or if two of them did. Now, as a rule, as a rule of thumb, I think red shirting is probably a little bit overrated because now with the transfer portal, with how many people can come and go, and with some of these kids possibly even go to the NFL, there isn't as much of a need or it's not as smart to, maybe smart's the wrong word, it's not as needed to redshirt guys. Uh, because again, how, how many people are going to stick in one spot for five years nowadays? So as a whole, I'm not saying, hey, yeah, you got redshirt or if you don't redshirt, it's wasted. No, but I just don't, I just don't see it happening this year. 
I just don't see it happening this year. The next one, Adrian Martinez, total touchdowns, 29 and a half. I think Drew went way too high on here. I'm excited for Adrian Martinez. I'm excited for this season, but 29 and a half is far too high. That would be his top season of all time. Last year, he had 14 passing touchdowns and 13 rushing. That gives us 27. That is the most he had in his entire career. Um, I still think, and I know there's so much talk about the pace of play, and I'm going to be very interested. That's something I'm going to watch very closely, especially in the first half of all of these non-con games, because I'm hoping there are a lot of blowouts. I'm hoping we have uh, quite a few fun victories in this first, you know, three games. Um, but for him to go over that 29 and a half, so to get to 30 total touchdowns, we're going to have to see Adrian Martinez getting a lot of rushing touchdowns and his career high in passing touchdowns. I don't see it happening. I don't see us going that much faster, if faster at all, than Nebraska did his four seasons. So I, I just think that number is going to be super tough to hit. Now, if he does, if he hits 30 touchdowns, folks, um, like watch out. I, I think it's going to be a massive year. The next one he has is Daniel Green tackles, 93 and a half. This is another big one. He had 89 last year, had 89 total. I'm going to go over because here's my hot take. Here's a hot take of the game. Daniel Green, after a handful of uh, targeting penalties and targeting ejections, he does not get a single targeting ejection this year, so he doesn't miss a bunch of games, and he hits that 93 and a half. So I'm going to say I'm going to say a hundred yard or a hundred tackle season. Now shame on me for not doing a little bit of research, not pulling it up. I mean I think we might see one of the. Uh, I think he's going to play like a man possessed. He might make a run for the total. Uh, tackles in a single season record. And I think he's going to lead the team in tackles for a loss again. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be a sack uh, getter. I don't think he's going to get a ton of sacks, but I think there's going to be a handful of times where he sniffs out draws, just gets back there on some running plays and gets a lot of tackles for losses. The next one, Felix and Nate combining for 17 and a half sacks. They had 15 combined Last year, 11 for Felix and 4 for Nate Matlack. So are they going to increase that by 2.5? Which technically this could be a push because there are half sacks in college football. So are they going to get to 18? This is, I, I'm going to say under on this one. I'm going to say under. I don't think Felix is going to get to double-digit sacks this year. I think that we are going to see... And it's a shame because K-State fans are going to, if he ends up with like eight and a half or nine, I think K-State fans are going to be a little disappointed in that. And I'm sure I'm probably going to, hopefully I don't say I'm disappointed, but knowing myself, I probably will. Um, Or I might kind of be a little critical of him uh, because of the lofty expectations we're all starting to get. But I think he's going to end with nine. And I don't think Nate Matlack is going to get to, nine himself to get to that 18. I think Nate Matlack could be at six or seven, maybe even eight. I don't see him getting all the way up to nine. 
So I do not see those two going over 17 and a half. Now, the funny thing about this one, or the the one where it comes to, um, when it comes to this number, just one massive game for both of them. You know, a you know two or a three sack game. All of a sudden, that that does become a lot more doable. So if they both get like two, if they combine for like four in that first game, I'll be sweating that under. Uh, prediction. The next one, Anthony Frias, DJ Giddens, nine and a half touches per game. I'm going to go with the under on this one. Now, I was, I was pretty high on Anthony Frias, big Tony Frias earlier in the off season. And I'm not down on him because uh, ultimately as it stands right now, it's going to be those two guys, Big Tony Frias and DJ the Blue Jay Giddens, uh, being the two guys plus Joe uh, Jackson right now. Hopefully we can get JRJ in the picture, but those are going to be the two dudes next year. Um, so if you're trying to project out into next year, you probably want that number to be over, but I'm going to say under because here's the thing. I think there is a chance Deuce Vaughn gets Less touches despite the increased snaps per play. I I could see it being spread out a little bit more, but I think it's going to be spread out more beyond just the running backs. I think we're going to see a carry or two a game from Malik Knowles. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, maybe even a little bit of Jordan Shippers in there. I'm, I think you might see Jackson Dean get a couple carries a game. Uh, everyone knows that Ben Sennett, you know, a lot of people love him. He could be in the backfield. He could be getting, you know, some of those passers or some of those carries a game. I think you're going to see a lot of those. So I'm going to say under. I, I could see, you know, maybe six or seven a game. And again, maybe if we, if we see a lot of blowouts, you can stack that number up there early and maybe it carries it through. Uh, but I'm going to go with the under. I think it's going to be closer to eight touches per game but hey we'll see the coaches have been loving on dj giddens by the way almost every single uh press availability for offensive coaches dj giddens is getting mentioned so i want to see that kid dj the blue jay just blow up this year and then be the number one back next year that's really what i'm hoping because we're gonna need it we're gonna need it um all right one more uh non-offensive touchdowns two and a half i'm going over here I think we're going to get, of course, I shouldn't say of course. I think we're going to get at least two, maybe three returns, whether punts or kickoffs. I think we're going to get at least one pick six. Either Julius or Echo are taking back a pick six. And we might see, you know, Felix come around, a nice little strip, and then see a, uh, I don't know. Maybe a big guy touchdown. See a rumbling, stumbling. I mean, maybe, maybe we're gonna see that. I, I'm going over two and a half non-offensive touchdowns. Uh, now, uh, you know, I I think obviously uh, I'll go through who I think is going to lead the team. I think we're going to see Adrian Martinez, of course, lead the team in passing. I think he's going to go for 2,500 passing yards. So that's gonna be about 300. 350 less than he was last year. That would be good for his uh, number three season. His freshman year, he was over 26. 
Uh, sophomore year, just under 2,000. COVID shortened season doesn't really count. Last year, 28.63. I'm saying he's going to go for uh, 2,500 yards passing. Uh, I think Deuce Vaughn, obviously going to lead the team in rushing. I have him going for, let's say, 1,300. Uh, actually, because uh, he was at 1,400 last year. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to have him over fit. I'm going to have him 1,500. I'm going to have him going over uh, his number from last year because I think we might be playing more games than just 13. So I'm saying Deuce Vaughn, 1,500 um, receiving. I'm going to say he gets 500 yards receiving. I'm, so I, I think he's going to go over 2,000 uh, total yards from scrimmage uh, next season. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say that with the 24 touchdowns. So 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 24 touchdowns. Uh, but that will not lead the team. I'm going to have, and I've gone back and forth on this, because Phillip Brooks led the team last year. But I'm saying this is the year Malik Knowles goes off. I think he has at least 800 yards receiving. Mm, that's high. But I'm sticking to it. 800 yards receiving for Malik Knowles this year. So he's going to lead the team in receiving I already said that it is going to be uh, Deuce Green going close to 100 tackles this season, leading the team with tackles. Uh, We'll have... We're going to have Felix and Udike Uzama leading the team with nine sacks. Uh, I think, ultimately, Nate Matlack's going to get seven. So they're going to combine for about 16. I think you're going to see a few from Brandon Mott. I think you're going to see a few from Eli Huggins. I think Daniel Green is going to get a couple. Um, I think you might see like some of the safety, maybe Sean Robinson grab a couple. So I think we're going to see more sacks this upcoming season, uh, but less from Felix, more from everyone else. I think we are going to see Kobe Savage lead the team in interceptions. I'm going to say he gets three or four of those. Um, I think Julius Brents is going to grab two or three himself. Uh, Echo's going to grab one, uh, and, and he might be the one who takes it back for a pick six. I'm trying to think uh, what else. I, you know, I'm going to say this. Both Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles get a return touchdown this year. I'm trying to think of any other predictions I might be missing out on. Um, you know, I, I think that's about it. Um, we'll be having a Q and a show soon. Um, ho- probably next week, unless, uh, we pile up a few interviews. Uh, we might have to skip that, uh, final Q and a of the off season, but stay tuned. Uh, just, just keep an eye out on Twitter before we get going again. We're going live Wednesday for the boneheads to go on the record for all their predictions on Spotify live. We will go as late as we need to. It was the most fun. It was the most lit. It was the most exciting and wild live show we had last year. So make sure you download Spotify live and Wednesday you join up. We will go as late as we need to. We will go to as late as we need to for all the boneheads to go on the record and get their predictions out there it is going to be fun it is going to be a ball and of course check out charlie hustle because again they dropped some of the best and most comfortable k-state t-shirts i've ever worn i legitimately don't know if i'm going to wear another k-state t-shirt 
in my closet rest of this season. I typically go polos on game day. I don't know, man. I might have to be breaking out the Charlie Hustle shirts all season long. Also, hey, beyond just K-State, they have some great stuff in their Arrowhead collection, the Royal or uh, Kansas City Baseball collection, I think is their official term. They have some uh, Kansas City Monarch stuff, Sporting KC, just some classic Kansas City heart shirts as well. So check out Charlie Hustle. Get you some t-shirts and be on the lookout because we're going to be giving away another K-State Charlie Hustle shirt this Friday as well. And also, maybe the Friday after that, maybe the Friday after that. So Fridays are for Charlie Hustle t-shirts. All right, let's get to those classic Blitz Month questions. So, again, as I said at the top of the show, most of this month I have been going or getting people to go on the record with all of the Blitz Month questions. They are a blast. I absolutely love them. And now you guys are going to hear me answer all the questions that I had for everyone else. The first one, who is the offensive MVP going to be? Okay. Most everyone has said so far, Deuce Vaughn. We've had a few Adrian Martinez. I'm going with Deuce Vaughn as well. But I think we can still get to Arlington if it is Adrian Martinez. I think a lot of folks probably think, well, if it's not Deuce Vaughn, something's gone wrong. I think Adrian Martinez is more than capable of just going off again. You know, he had 2,800 passing yards last year and a lot of rushing yards as well. He can be... A close to 4,000 yard, ah, that's a little aggressive, uh, 3,700 yard type guy with passing and rushing. He is capable of, uh, of that. He is capable of getting you know to the mid to high 20s in touchdowns with passing and receiving. If, if Adrian Martinez is the answer, I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. Hell, it could be a great thing. But I think it's going to be Deuce Vaughn. I think Deuce Vaughn will continue to be the most electric weapon in all of college football, being able to take it from coast to coast to the house every time he touches the ball, whether it's in the passing game or rushing game. Now, the third horseman to that, and this is something that maybe, I I can't remember if anyone straight up said it, but I'm going to say Cooper Beebe. And this is why why I'm going to say it. He is the most important offensive lineman on this team and he has first-round potential. If this guy takes a step up from where he was last year, he could either be an absolute mauler as a left guard, which is only going to create the home run potential in the running game even more if you slide him in at guard, or if he's an elite left tackle, he is going to give Adrian Martinez more time than he has ever had in his life. And that's only going to let Adrian cook. And cook with some spice. So I'm actually going to say Cooper Beebe is my third horseman to go along with those guys. Give a little bit of love to the big guys. Defensive MVP, again, if it's Felix, if he goes off, if he's the defensive player of the year, which he had a claim to last year, that's awesome. I think we're going to see a lot of Big 12 teams, double and even triple team, Felix and DK Uzama. I think that he is going to, I'm not going to say be held in check, but I do think he is going to be limited 
because of how much attention people are going to pay to him. So for that reason, I'm going deuce green. I'm going, you know, both deuces being, uh, you know, the MVP on each side of the ball. I would love if we have a 2012-esque uh, season where Deuce Green wins Defensive Player of the Year, a la Arthur Brown, and then you know Deuce Vaughn on the offensive side, a la you know Colin Klein. I would love to see that. So I'm going Deuce Green. I think he plays himself technically again. I think I've said this in a couple of shows. He could come back and use his uh, COVID Super Senior season. He could come back. Um, I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to play himself into you know, a late round NFL draft pick and he's going to go ahead. Here's the thing about Felix. Even if he, say he does have a down season, he can still come back. He can still come back and play next year and try to get his draft stock back on track. I wouldn't count on that. I, I think he is going to be around eight, nine sacks, and I do think that he is going to uh, be an NFL draft pick. I think he could be a first-round draft pick uh, or early second-round draft pick. I think that's where he's going to end up landing. The dark horse on this, I think a lot of folks have said it, and you know, I, I think anyone outside of I mean, when you have three preseason first-team All-Big 12 players, I think anyone else is fair game uh, to be a dark horse. I'm going with Nate Matlack again. I could see a scenario where he leads the team in sacks. I could see a scenario, I think unlikely, but I think I could see a scenario where he does get double digits. I could see him doing that. So I think he is the dark horse to be the defensive MVP. Now, breakout player um, offense, I mean – I'm going with RJ Garcia. Um, I, I think it is time. I think maybe see him, you know, pop for like three, four hundred yards, a couple tutties, get into the pay dirt a couple times. I think that is going that's what we're gonna see from him, and he's going to probably be uh the number one or number two wide receiver next year. I think that we're going to see big things, and I think it's kind of a long time coming for him. I think that uh he, he was hyped up a little bit last year. Uh, in, in fall camp, we heard in the spring, we're hearing in the fall camp again. So I'm going RJ Garcia as the offensive breakthrough player. The defensive breakthrough player, again, a name you've heard quite a bit, Kobe Savage. I think this kid legitimately is going to be our best safety. I think grabbing him out of Tyler uh, College, you know, we have the Tyler Trio. Um, I think him back there I think he is going to be that playmaker at safety I think he's going to be a ball hawk I think he's going to get some interceptions I think he's going to take some dudes heads off Uh, I think TJ Smith is going to be back there as well but I'm going with Kobe Savage which is another name that you're hearing hyped up quite a bit this offseason as the breakthrough slash newcomer of the year on defense now getting into the pendulum game we've heard a few games we've heard a few different games but I'm going with the game that's going to hurt me to not be able to be at and quite possibly not even be able to watch. And that's at Iowa State. Now, this is why I have it as the pendulum. Because if you are to drop that opener at Oklahoma, which is going to be a tough one, it is going to be a tough one. Like, at Oklahoma, despite winning, you know, two out of the last four, Four or two out of the last three? Is it three out of the last four? I don't know. We, we, we've won 
2020, we won. So that's three out of the last five we've won down in Norman. If my math's right, we lost in 16-18. Won the other three out of the last five. Um, it's not an easy place. Um, they might be kind of rallying the troops a little bit. Um, I just, that's going to be a tough one. So if you drop that one, you have to beat Iowa State. I don't think you can start one and two in Big 12 play. Or you, you can. You'd have to run the table uh, rest of the way. Um, but but that that turns that into a must win if you, if you want to realistically be thinking Arlington. Um, you, you cannot start one and two in Big 12 play. You, you can't do it. Because could you imagine kind of that, just the absolute devastation to the hype in the fan base? You start 3-0, and and then all of a sudden the next thing you know you're 4-2, and going into a bye week, losing two out of your first three in conference play. That sucks all the energy out, and then you're going to TCU, which you should be a win. But you're not going to be able to ramp up that momentum, that fever pitch, that uh, just wild energy before the Oklahoma State game. You, you will not be able to ramp it up for that homecoming game versus Oklahoma State. It, it'll be impossible. It, it, it just will not happen. So to keep everything going, to keep the momentum, to keep everything we want to happen... I think that makes Iowa State the pendulum game. On the other side of things, say you do beat Oklahoma. Say you beat Oklahoma. You then beat Iowa State, and then you should, if you're if you're taking care of both those games on the road, you need to go to Fort Worth, which will have quite a few K-State fans in the building if you're going into that game 6-0, and or 5-0. and No, it would be 6-0, and already bowl eligible. There'll be quite a few K-State fans in the building for that one. So you've got to think you're going to pull that one off. Then going into the bye week, sitting at 7-0, and it is game fucking on if that's the case. Game fucking on. So I think the Iowa State game is the ultimate pendulum game. Now, oh boy. Now is K-State's record. I'm going to predict every game right here. I'm going on the record for my preseason prediction on every game. I will give my game prediction, my in-week game prediction, uh, Wednesdays on the game preview episodes that you guys will be listening to on Wednesday mornings. Um, So it might change. It might change. Also, still haven't decided if we're going to have the live shows publishing on Thursdays or Fridays or have Wildcat Roundups on Thursdays or Fridays. Uh, stay tuned on that. Still still kind of batting all that around. So, like I said, stay tuned there. But I'm just going to go through them real quick. First, South Dakota. I have Cats big. I think Cats by 20 or more. Um, I think we beat the Yotes. Um, I think we take care of South Dakota with some ease. Uh, Missouri, 11 a.m. game. 50,000 people there. There's going to be plenty of black and gold. Uh, I'm not naive to that. You're going to see plenty of Tigers, but it's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's going to be a fun day. Yes, it's 11 a.m., but it's still going to be a fun one. Um, I think K-State by 13. 
that's kind of where my head's at there. Um, so I'm going to have K-State winning that one uh, as well. Tulane the next week. Uh, this is going to be, hopefully, there's a lot of walk-up tickets. Hopefully we take care of business in a fun, entertaining, and big way. Those first two uh, games. And then we see a little bit more of like a walk-up crowd. Um, some week of ticket sales. Because right now, it is not great. <laughs> the ticket sales for that two-lane game are tracking around 45000 Not great. Uh, so it's going to be a an interesting uh, atmosphere. Tulane was shit last year. Tulane was not good last year at all. Uh, and my worry a little bit, despite them not being very good, they took Oklahoma like to the wire. They took Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, truly. I mean, it, it was, it, it was a tough game for Oklahoma. So I, I think they're going to probably give us a scare in a uh, kind of quiet, smaller, uh, crowd. It's going to be Fort Riley Day. Um, hopefully, hopefully there's going to be like some uh, ticket donation options. We might run some sort of uh, specials. We might do some sort of Bosco's Boys raffle. We might try to do something to get folks to encourage them to donate tickets to Fort Riley. Uh, so stay tuned on that one. But I, I think I think it's going to be like a 13, 14 point win. Again, that one is not going to be a blowout. Um, it might be a little tighter. It might be a touchdown late to kind of make it seem a bigger win than it is. Uh, but we're going to get through non-conference unscathed. Then we're going to go to Oklahoma. And, and I've struggled with this one. Um, they're the most talented on-paper team in the Big 12. But they got some issues going on in Norman. Uh, Brent Venables has uh, some stuff between, you know, Kale Gundy his comments about putting hoses in his mouth, um, you know, it's it, it, while Gabriel, you know, has you know done stuff with this offensive coordinator. This is the first time playing in a Power Five. I don't know. Um, I talked to Big Game. I thought they're gonna. I think I still think they're gonna blow out Nebraska. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's gonna be a close one. I'm not really sure. But I'm going to predict us to take care of business and beat Oklahoma. I'm saying we're going to get our fourth out of six in Norman, possibly our final game ever in Norman, Oklahoma. I'm going to try to be there. I'm going to try to be at the game. Would love to see it. I am predicting a win there. I think we beat the Sooners. Next one, Texas Tech at home. Uh, again, they have a, they have a lot of momentum, but I, I think this is going to be a rough year for Texas Tech. I think we get that one. Now, my pendulum game, October 8th. I'm going to have to be at a wedding. I don't know if I'm going to get a watch. I definitely won't be able to be there, despite really wanting to be there in Ames. Order's going to be restored. We are winning Farmageddon on the road. I think this is going to be classic Farmageddon. I think Iowa State is, go- is going to have a back-breaking mistake. There's going to be a couple moments where the uh, you know refs get involved. I- I'm thinking truly classic Farmageddon. K-State wins a close one. Then it's bye week. You have all that momentum leading up to that tilt in Fort Worth. I think you are going to see uh, upwards of 10,000 K-State fans in Fort Worth. I think K-State gets it done versus TCU. Then we have a homecoming game versus Oklahoma State on October 29th. 
we're going to go from October 1st to October 29th without playing in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I think this has potential for Big Noon Saturday. I think it has potential for ESPN College Game Day. I think this could be one of the marquee matchups in the history of Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I think at that point we're going to be top 15. I think Oklahoma State is going to start the year strong. <sighs> that said, I'm predicting Oklahoma State to get that one. It's going to be a disappointing game. Uh, it's going to be a tough episode to record. I have Oklahoma State continuing to, for whatever reason, Gundy having a little bit of voodoo over uh, Crest Climbing. Then we're going to have Texas at home, possibly the last time ever getting the Texas Longhorns in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, coming off of a letdown spot, uh, probably you know closer to the top 20 uh, after falling out outside the top 15. I'm, I'm going to say we get that one versus Texas. Now we line up with a shot at Baylor. At Baylor. Uh, win that game, you basically are in Arlington. Oh boy, I have us losing that one. I, again, I know I know Casey underscore fan, he, he came on here, he's like, oh, Baylor's not going to be that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I've changed my opinion on who's going to be playing in the Big 12 championship game. Um, I, and I want to pick this one, but I don't. I, I think we lose at Baylor. So then all of a sudden, it's going to, cause a wild and crazy final couple weeks i have us going to morgantown i have us beating the mountaineers and then i have us hosting ku the sunflower showdown final game of the big 12 season i have us beating ku going 10 and 2 and then i do have us wearing white in arlington going 10 and 2 facing oklahoma state i have baylor dropping to 9 and 3 I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma State. I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma. And I think they're going to lose to either Texas, uh, TCU. I mean, maybe Iowa State. They're going to drop three. They're going to lose at least three. They're going nine and three. K-State's going 10 and two. Oklahoma's going nine and three. Oklahoma State's going to go either undefeated or 11 and one. Or maybe even 10 and 2, but they have the tiebreaker over us. So they will be wearing orange or black or whatever color they decide to wear in Arlington. We're going to be wearing white. And we're going to play them again. And we're going to play them tight. But I do have Oklahoma State beating K-State in the Big 12 Championship. I have us at 10 and 3. Uh, I think we are then going to not get to play in a New York New Year's 6 game. Uh, there's going to be some mad Big 12 fans. Uh, we're going to be mad. Uh, we're going to feel slighted. We're going to go to the Alamo Bowl. We're going to play Lincoln Riley's USC Trojans, and we are going to beat them going 11-3, and finishing right inside the top 15, final ranking of 13, going 11-3, and getting uh, Chris Kleiman his first double-digit win season, getting K-State their first top 15 finish since 2012, um, and it's going to be a great season. I think then after that, you're going to see Deuce Vaughn uh, go to the NFL. I think you're going to see Felix Inudike Uzama go to the NFL. I think you're going to see Cooper Beebe go to the uh, NFL draft. I think Cooper Beebe then is a late first-round pick. 
ending our route uh, our drought since Josh Freeman for first round draft picks with Cooper Beebe going 32nd final pick in the first round to the Kansas City Chiefs. Why not? Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs picking up Cooper Beebe in Kansas City, his hometown uh, with pick number 32 playing guard for the hometown NFL team. Um, and then the final question of uh, all the type of stuff asking about the Big 12. I think in 2024, uh, fuck it. Why not? I think that Texas and Oklahoma strike a deal to leave. That's their first year in the SEC. And we're going to have 16 teams because we grabbed the four mountain schools out of the Pac-12. Why not? Pac-12 dies on the vein. Why not? Madness. Madness. And, and if I'm saying why not and saying all this type of stuff, like fuck me for not picking us to just win the Big 12 title. Um, but it is what it is. Those are my official predictions. If you're listening to this thinking, Scott, you're full of shit. That's trash. Well, know what you need to do Wednesday, 7 PM. You're going to have your chance. Every single bonehead who wants to get a prediction, they will get the chance. I will stay on again. I typically wrap it up around an hour. I, I, oh, I'll never ask extra questions right when we're coming up at an hour. I usually call it a night. Nope, not this week. If boneheads want to continue to come on and talk and give their predictions live all the way until 3 a.m., I will stay on the live show and do it. That's what we're doing on Wednesday. Keep an eye on the Bosco's Boys Twitter account. Find the link and join us. We will be doing it. I can't wait. Check out Charlie Hustle. Get you a new K-State t-shirt. And again, like I said, NFL season right around the corner. They have the Arrowhead collection. They have the Kansas City baseball collection for some Royals-inspired shirts. Uh, The Kansas City Monarchs sporting KC. Just the civic Kansas City pride. Again, Charlie Hustle is a local Kansas City uh, brand. Support the local. Get you some awesome K-State stuff. Hell, I'm from Topeka. You know, they have a Washburn shirt. They have a lot of cool stuff. Check out Charlie Hustle. Uh, keep your eyes on the Bosco's Boys Twitter account. We're going to be giving away uh, two pairs this week. On Wednesday, we're going to be get, Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to be giving away passes to the Ahern Fund Appreciation Tailgate at that first home game. So uh, that'll be on Thursday or on Wednesday and on Thursday. Friday, we'll be doing another Charlie Hustle shirt. Um, next Monday, we will be doing another uh, two passes to the Ahern Fund. Uh, appreciation tailgate and then on and then I, we're gonna have some tickets KCA football tickets as well the opener maybe to the to the Tulane game as well so we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna have some giveaways we're gonna have that awesome live show this Wednesday um, again tweet at me let me know at Scott Wildcat at Bosco's boys let me know your thoughts on those predictions let me know if you think they're trash let me know if you think they're good uh, just let me know what you're thinking uh, that's all we have again for Chauncey Bosco the wonder pup For all the Boneheads, thank you for another record-breaking month. We love you guys, and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride.
Podcast Network.